Welcome, 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 and thank you for tuning in to the Zion Temple podcast under the leadership of Pastor Vince Holmes. Here at Zion Temple Community Church, we are powerfully driven to dream bigger, pray bigger, and work hard to experience the many blessings God has for our church and the community we serve. We pray these messages increase your faith to live the abundant life. Celebrate your goodness to us because you have truly been good. Now, Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you might give fresh insight, anointing, and that your power may move through me. God, that others may be blessed, encouraged, and have the testimony that you've been better than good to us. And we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. There's nothing like seeing your, your family, your child testify of God's goodness in their life where the story is not your story for them, but their story and their relationship with God himself. And to conclude that he's been better, better than good. Today we celebrate and we start a brand new series through the book of James entitled the authentic Christian. I, I, I meet and talk with many people, especially our millennials, and they're, they're looking and challenging us, the church, to live lives that are true and authentic. They want more than just people who go to church. They want people who are the church, who live the church. They want to hear about our struggles, our successes, our failures, and find that God is real and not just some theory. And so James deals with just as he talks about the authentic Christian. And today is part one that we'll title How to Survive Difficult Times. How to Survive Difficult Times. How many of you would agree we are living in some pretty difficult times right, right about now? We have difficult situations in our lives. We have difficult situations worldwide through COVID and loss. We have difficult situations right now with war going on with, with Russia and the threat and, and um, being there in Kiev and those people who are living there. Life is just difficult for many people right now. And so James, who was the brother of Jesus, he was actually the half-brother of Jesus. Um, John notes about James and the brothers of Jesus. Maybe you didn't know that Jesus had other brothers and sisters. He did. He was now... Mary's firstborn, the only one that was um, born without Joseph, but he had other brothers and sisters. And John notes that even his brothers didn't really believe. They grew up with Jesus, but didn't really believe. Paul notes that something happened with James. He, Paul notes that James, sees, he sees a resurrected Jesus. He has an experience of seeing Jesus, the resurrected Christ, and there's something about the encounter with the resurrected Christ that makes a difference. You see, when even in our lives, there's something about Jesus becoming alive and realizing that he's alive and living that changes from a Sunday school story to when I realize that he's a resurrected Savior living 
today and inside of us, there's something different about the relationship. There's a, a transformation that happens when he jumps off the pages of the Bible into the reality of a real life living inside of us. He comes alive and he lives inside of us. We begin to sing songs like the old songwriter wrote. There's just something about the name. Hello, somebody. Something about his name. Jesus, he says. Jesus, master, savior. He's king of kings. Lord of lords. There's just something about that name. And so a transformed James comes to write about authentic relationship with Christ. You see, he was no longer just his brother. It was no longer just um, someone he doubted, but he was his savior now. So in James 1, James, is, he's pretty straight to the point. He's blunt about his relationship and about Christianity and, and, and it's um, encapsulating what it is and what it isn't. So in James 1.1, he begins writing, he says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Let me stop right there. So as we, we talked about, he didn't necessarily believe, but he lived with Jesus. He was his younger brother. And now he says, but now he says to the, he said, defines himself as a servant of God. And of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I, he, he doesn't pull that he's my brother. He doesn't pull the, the thing of it being so familiar. But he says, now, 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 he's my, he's my, I'm his servant. I, I, I've made a conscious decision to affirm what is true about the man that I, I live with. The man who is my brother is more than my brother. He's more than human. So I, I, I willing, I'm bond servant is the word. I willingly submit myself to be ruled and dwelled and led by him. I'm a servant. Not just my brother. Not just a friend. But he is my servant. And he writes to the 12 tribes. He writes to these Jewish tribes who are, are scattered all over the place. He says among the nations. He says, hi, greetings. Now, uh, it's interesting that he's writing this. I want you to understand the reason that these tribes were scattered or these people were scattered, these Jews were scattered, was because they were persecuted. They were being killed. They were being tortured. And they, it made them move, and so it scattered them into different situations. They were having some very hard times. Life wasn't easy. And so he, James has a tendency to use very strong language, and he uses commands and not suggestions. He uses commands and not suggestions. I see when when we have suggestions or questions, I remember learning this very, very when my children were young. I would say things like, can you take out the trash, please? And then I got offended when they said, no, I don't want to take out the trash. What do you mean you don't want to take out the trash? Didn't I tell you to take out the trash? No, you asked me to take out the trash. You asked me, would I take out the trash? Well, that, that left an option for a no. James is not asking, would you live holy? Would you do what you say you're going to do? Would you uh, um, control your tongue? He's not leaving it optional. He's not suggesting. He gives commands. 
And so he's writing to a group of people who are, are not living this, um, what the word, Pollyanna life. Everything's not well. Um, in fact, they're, they're going through trials. They're, they are being persecuted, much like today. You and I are going through some things. Here's the thing. We're, we're talking about how to survive five trials, how to survive difficult times. You are in one of three positions right now. You are either in the middle of a trial, just coming out of a trial, or about to go into trial. Maybe you don't know it yet. Enjoy your space right there. One of, one of three. We're on the three. Maybe right now your, your, your family is a mess. Maybe you, you're suffering like I am with COVID fatigue and just ready for it all to be over. Right? Tired of wearing masks, want to come back to church, want to be able to socialize without having, oh man, I can't do that right now. That's too many people here. Oh, well, you know, I, I don't know, has he been um, vaxxed or not? And all, all that stuff, just tired of it all. Maybe you're in a situation where you're, there's instability on your job. Maybe as, as Shannon was speaking, you, you've been rattled by inflation. Maybe there are financial challenges. Maybe you're, 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 you're caring for a sick or a, a sick loved one. Maybe you're, you're fighting depression. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe there's a severance of relationships happening. Um, 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 but whatever it is, I want you to gather that right now and think, think about what's going on in your life. Anybody got something going on in their lives right now? Hey, Amen. People's hands are raised. If, you, if you're there on online, just type in a lot. A lot. Now, for my English teachers, remind us, a lot is two words, not one. Got that? <laughs> a lot. Type in a lot. If something's going on, you got a lot going on, and sometimes your head is spinning, and if you were just to concentrate on those things, well, well, James is going to help us out. In fact, during this whole book, as we series, we're going to talk about some things. Today, we're going to talk about how to survive difficult times. He's going to talk about confronting sinful desires, how to love our neighbors. See my real stuff, huh? Anger management, how to pray. Favoritism and the Christian. Yeah, y'all didn't know that happens, huh? Controlling our tongues. How many of us got tongue issues? Amen. Some people raise their hands. Some people chocolate right now. Yeah, just, you know, my grandma used to say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Ouch. Right? So, so James is going to deal with some areas of some practical Christianity of, of issues, some authentic Christian uh, Christianity issues. And so... But today, as we talk about how to survive difficult times, I got a money-back guarantee for you. Amen? A money-back guarantee that if you apply what we are going to discuss today, what the Word of God says today, if you apply it, you will begin to live above your trials rather than under them, under the weight of them. Money-back guarantee. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. We looked at verse 1 where he says who he is. He says, James, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, greetings, hello to you. And now he goes right to the point. I told you he does not mince words. He's straight there. He's straightforward. How many of you can appreciate a straightforward person? Amen. Amen. I was talking to someone the other day. They're, they're from New York. And he says he, he likes the attitude of New York 
rather than L.A. And I asked him why, because, you know, New York is, is really tense. He says, because New Yorkers, you know where you stand right away. They just tell you. They don't say, oh, let's get together and never really intend on getting together. New York says, I don't really care for you. I ain't got time for you. Let's go. Okay, you just know where you stand. So he said he appreciated that. But um, James is that kind of brother who, who, who just tells it right, right up front. So he starts off by saying, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let me stop right there. We have some, some issues here. Where James says, my brethren, or my brother and sister, some of your versions say, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various, some of yours says various, or um, all kinds of trials. Wait a minute. That's problematic from the very start. Count it joy when you experience a bunch of trials. All kinds of trials. Anybody here happy to go through some trials? Somebody's kind of inching, inching their hands up. Maybe she, maybe this person knows the secret already. But James says, "Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations." So, so the first thing we want to do, watch this, watch this. The first thing, or one point one, point point one of how to survive difficult times is counted joy. Wait a minute, Pastor. Counted joy. You want me to be? Happy about this? Remember, I asked you if you had a lot going on and some of you thought about those lot of things. And um, James says, count it all joy about those, those lot of things that you're going through. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Well, that's going to take a little bit of explaining. Let's look at the verse a little closer. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Here's the issue. Knowing this. Knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience, or but let patience have a perfect work that you might be able be, be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Watch this. Watch this. James is suggesting that we count in joy. Let me let me stop first. Count, 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 count. The word count it would be more to consider it joy, or to it's more of an accounting term to take inventory. He says count it joy. Now notice he does not say count it happy. Watch this, watch this. He's not saying, saying, uh, be happy about what you're going through. Big difference. He says this, count it all joy, consider it joy. That's what it is. Consider it, a, consider it joy when you're going through the various things that you're going through, knowing this is that God is up to something working in your behalf to grow, mature you so that you lack absolutely nothing, that you become all that God has planned for you. You got that? And so he says, so be happy, not so much about the circumstances or even for the circumstances, but in the circumstances that God is working his will, his character, and his, his, his power inside of you and me. And so... So because of that, he says, you know, it's a conscious decision. It's an accounting term. He doesn't say, he doesn't say feel. He says that you might be mature, that, that perfect, that you might be mature. It's not the idea of being without fault. It's the idea that you might be mature, that you might grow. 
Some of us have been Christians, and in fact, this is a book we, we, we went through a, a, um, a few months ago. I'm losing the title now by Peter. Yeah, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And one of the things he talks about, about growing in, Christian, in Christianity, and uh, one Christian uh, had been a, a Christian, I'm summing it up, for about 20 years. And you would think that he's a mature Christian. He says, no, I've, I've, been, I've been a, a, oh gosh, I can't think how he said it. He's been a baby Christian 20 years. He hasn't really grown. And there hasn't been any maturation there. And so for many of us, we haven't matured. We've been in the same spot. Thus, my, 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 my dad used to tell me, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You can do it the hard way, or you can do it the easy way, but you're going to do this. How does that relate to anything? For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose, whom he foreknew, he predestined that we be conformed to the image of his son. What is that saying? Same verse, Peter's, James relates to the same thing, that God was working his character inside of every believer. So you're going to go through. God is determined that you and I would be mature, that you and I would grow. Now, you can grow by doing it God's way and going through. Or you can resist, complain, be bitter, and take forever to get through this trial. But you're going to grow. He is going to work his character inside of every Christian. And so he says, 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 so he says um, don't, don't feel it. He says, count it joy so that you can see that God has a purpose for your situation. For whatever you're going through, God has a purpose for it. Even, even Jesus himself was a great example. If you look over, I think, well, James is, the book before James is Hebrews, Hebrews 12, last chapter. If you look over to about the second verse, he says, looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, there's that word, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Let's look at that. Jesus, who is our example, right? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Watch this. But it was, Jesus was not happy about being nailed to a cross, But he, but he was happy, or he endured, he endured the, the pain of the cross because of the joy that was set before him was that you and I would be restored in relationship with him. And so the plan of God to bring us into relationship with God was to Jesus to go through the pain of the cross. That was the trial. But for the joy that was set before him, he endured the situation. In fact, Jesus says, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, take this thing from me. Can you do this some other way? Are you in a trial and you ask God, can you do this some other way? Let me like me, let them go through it. I'll read the book and learn. Just send me the book. And Jesus concluded, no, Lord, he says, but not my will, 
for your will. For the joy that was set before him, the joy of you and I, he endured the cross. He endured the situation. Paul, Paul was another example of doing the same thing in 1 Corinthians um, 12, I believe. 1 Corinthians 12. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 12. Paul said like this, you're familiar with the story? 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 9. The NIV says, here's Paul's example, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I sought the Lord thrice, this must be King James, three times, that it might depart from me. Doesn't want it, right? And verse 9 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Watch this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul's response was, most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Paul says, hey, I got this issue. I asked the Lord three times to take it away from me. And God says to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace will, in, will, 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 my, my grace will sustain thee. My grace will keep thee. My grace will, will, will mature thee. My grace will satisfy you in every situation that you're in. And so Paul says, well, you know what? I've decided that I will boast in my weakness. I will boast in my experiencing of the grace of God that, 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 that I will, I will, that I might, um, experience the grace of God in my weakness. I will testify of that. And so James says, my brethren, reckon or count it all joy when you fall into direst temptations, knowing that God is up to something. So if you got a lot going on, know that God is up to something. And Jeremiah said when God is up to something, know that his plan for you is good and not evil. Plans to bring you success and not failure. So God is working on your behalf and we can join in that to endure the temptation because we know the character of the God that we serve. And he works for us and not against us. See, in authentic Christianity, sometimes things are rough. In TV Christianity, it's always good. But in real life Christianity, hello somebody, there's some times when you don't know if you're coming or going. There's, there's times when you don't understand and you're saying, God, I just simply trust you, which takes us to point number two. Point number one is counted joy. Point number two is pray, ask God for wisdom. In James 1, 5 and 8, James writes, if anyone lacks wisdom, come on, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven in the wind, tossed and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay, so watch this, watch this. Point number one, we, we count it all, all joy. We reckon it because we know that God is working on our behalf. Point number two is ask God for wisdom. What is wisdom? Somebody said applied knowledge. 
right? We're asking God, hey, hey, God, I don't understand this situation, but to get through this situation, to endure this situation, I need you. I'm asking you to show me how to respond properly. I may not understand the why of the issue, God. I don't understand it. I don't like it, but I'm, I'm trusting you that you are working on my behalf. Now, God, show me my response. Show me how to endure this. Show me how to get through this. Show me, am I to get out of this? Am I to endure this? Show me, God, give me wisdom of what to do in this situation. Because you got direct access with God now when you believe. And so James says, hey, count it all joy, but you're going, to need that. you're going to need a power that's better than yours. You cannot rely upon your own resources, your own will, and your own thinking to get through this situation. Because my thinking for some situations, I'd be in jail. Hello, somebody. Right? There's just a wrong spirit that lives inside of me that has to be tempered by the Holy Ghost. Y'all, 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 uh, no, no, y'all know nothing about that. I constantly hear the word saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hello. Later on, James is going to say, hey, you got to control your anger because your anger ain't going to never produce God's good. So he says, hey, so, so, Lord, so Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Show me how. Show me how to apply this. Now, in other words, God, don't, don't let me just let me just have this this um, book knowledge of what you can do. God, but show me what you can do and let me apply what you can do through me. I need more than to read the Bible. I need the Bible operating in my life that I might be able to apply it in every situation. You want to, some of you got y'all praying, but how to respond to your boss? <laughs> Somebody say, yeah. I, I, I'll give you a better one. How many married folk we got up in here? How many of you have had to say, Lord, let me shut up? Let, Lord, in fact, the Holy Ghost said, shut up. Don't say a word. Come here, let me talk to you first. Right? I remember praying one day, and this never came so, so, so real, because I would say, Lord, I don't understand Ross. She don't make no sense to me. That just doesn't working. And it was Proverbs 3 came to my mind. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, right? And he shall direct your path. They're like, Lord, I don't know what to do. You do it. This is why, I digress, this is why I really encourage you, I strongly, I don't suggest, I'm telling you, don't hook up with people who are not in relationship with God. Because they can't even see God, the God who created you, to ask him what to do concerning you. They're going to go on their own. And sometimes their own may make you feel good, but oftentimes their own will cut you bad. Just as your own will cut them. So he says, ask for wisdom. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, there hath now no temptation overtaken you, but such as is common to man. Be what? The enemy will make you think that you're in it alone. It says, but God will with the temptation make the way to escape that you might be able to bear 
it. Hello, God will give you an answer of how to endure it. God will give you the answer of how to deal with the situation. God has an answer of how to deal with the difficulties that you are experiencing right now. Now, I got a question for you. You want to do it your way? You're going to do it God's way. It's your choice. That's why he says, when you come to God asking him um, in wisdom, asking him in faith, not wavering. What, what, is, what is the wavering? A double-minded man says, unstable in all his ways. It's like this. When, when we ask God for wisdom, when we ask God how to do it, then let's do it his way. Don't try to use our own understanding to figure it out. Don't try to ask God what to do, and you hear what the Word of God says. You're reading the Scripture. It tells you what to do, but you conclude, and your actions decide to do what you're going to do on your own. Your own. That's, that's, that's wavering. That's doubting. I believe you, God but I'm going to do try this my way. I want a little bit of God's way and some of my way. I'm trying to mix the two together. And James says, if you're trying to mix the two together, you're trying to ask God for wisdom, apply your own knowledge, you will be unstable in all your ways and do not think you will get an answer from God. It will not work. Been there. Done that. I know none of y'all ever do. Y'all ask God for wisdom. The Lord speaks to you through the word. And he says, yes, Lord, I've got this. Let's come on, God. He says, no, it's not the way it works. It is not the way it works. You can't ask for God for wisdom and still do it the way you want to do it. How many of you, someone's come to you for advice? I know two women in this congregation. <laughs> I always say they taught me a phrase, I'm not going to fight you to help you. Right? How many people come to you? You share what to do. You know the answer of what to do to get them through this. And they take your advice and they say, thank you. They understand it. And they still do what they want to do. Anybody got kids? What's your response? All right, well, whatever the results are, deal with it. Right? The other day, some, some of you know that I, um, I, I took a part-time job at FedEx, and the manager there, is, there's um, packages coming down the belt. And the route had changed, and the manager was telling someone, hey, take this package. This is yours. This is going to be yours, because she was changing the route. Um, he says, no, that's not mine. She says, no, I'm changing your route. Take this package off the belt. She says, he says, no, that's not mine. She says, take this. This is not, this is going to be yours. And I, I'm scanning some stuff and just listening to this whole thing. And he goes, no, no, that's not mine. She says, okay, leave it there. So it goes all the way down to the end of the line. And when it gets down to the end of the line, she says, here's your new route. Now go get the package. So now we have to go walk way down there to get the package because he wouldn't listen to what she was saying. And that's the way we often are with God. God is telling us some stuff, but because we don't see the big picture, the whole thing, we're still trying to do it our way. And then we have to walk all the way to the end of the line to bring it back to where we were, which we could have avoided in the first place. So point one, count of joy. Two, pray. Ask God for wisdom. And third one, we're almost done, is praise. 
Give God praise in whatever your circumstances are. Count it joy because we know God's working for on our behalf. He's up to something. Pray. Ask God for wisdom of how to do it his way. And then do it his way. Third, praise. Give God praise no matter what your circumstance is. In James 1.9, he says, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So James says, hey, give, give God glory in the midst of your trial. And he gives two situations. He gives a situation of a poor man who doesn't have enough money and then the rich man who has enough money, but his money can't get him out of the situation that he needs. So not having enough money to deal with the situation and then having more than enough money, but the money won't work to get you out of the situation. And so to the poor man, he says, hey, give, rejoice, rejoice in your position, rejoice. Hey, I may not have the money, but I have the God of the money. Hello, somebody. I still have my health. I still have a roof over my head. I, I, I still have direct access to the God who owns it all. So whether you're without any financial means, that does not limit the success that you need. It does not limit your situation being solved because you serve the God of the situation who wants to be able to provide for you to get you through the hard times. And so I offer praise as I count in joy because I know that God is up to something. I offer praise because I'm in a relationship with the God who's up to something. I offer praise because God is concerned about me. I offer praise because I have direct access to get direction to apply his wisdom. And then to the rich man who has more than enough money but finds out that his money can't satisfy his situation. I was listening to something the other day, and a young man who had made all kinds of money as a young man, very young man. But one day he was sitting at the light in the yellow Corvette, and there was a, he was, this man was still singing all by himself in this yellow Corvette. People were always looking at him and, and complimenting what he had done, and because he had this yellow Corvette, it was flashy. And so when he sat at the light, people noticed it, and they took notice. But he was next to a family at this red light in the jalopy. Never looked over at him. They were happy and laughing. And obviously, their car was barely making it. But they were happy with each other. And he said, I got immediately sad because I had all the money, but I wanted and needed that. My money couldn't buy me true relationship. Sometimes you're in situations that money cannot fix. In fact, money can't, money can't fix them. But what do I do? He says, you rejoice in the fact that your money can't do it, but your God can. Hello, somebody. Your money can't put you in a relationship, but God can orchestrate things. Your money may not be able to change the mind of a city councilman, but God, the heart of the king, is in the hand of the Lord. Hello, somebody. And so whatever situation you find yourself in, make up your mind that you would count it joy because God is in control. Whatever situation you're in, make up your mind that you will walk not on your own will, but according to the wisdom of God. No matter how your outlook is, whether you can make it or cannot make it, rejoice in the fact that you serve both the rich and the poor, serve the same God who has access to create the need to fulfill the need that the money can't buy and to fulfill the need that the, money, that the lack of money can't get. Hello, sir. 
somebody. It's time to give God some praise up in here. And then finally, finally, in the next verse, he says this. Um, let, me, let me move on here. The last verse. I forgot it. Yeah, it's not in my notes. And the next verse, he says, blessed is the man who hath endured temptation. Uh, yeah, oh, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What am I saying? That weeping may not may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Blessed is the man who endures. Blessed is the man who gets through. Blessed is the man who trusts God. Because when I come through this trial, I am convinced that if you've got greater trial, all you're doing, God is preparing you for greater relationship with him, for a greater graduation. Hello, somebody. A bigger crown. Not so much just the crown of life, but the, the, the depth of your relationship. You get to know God in a way that you've never known him before. And so, God, don't worry about the trials and the tribulations. God is developing you. And God says through the word, James says, blessed is the man. Hello, who endures. Blessed is the man who doesn't quit. Blessed is the man who trusts God. Blessed is the man who counts it joy. Blessed is the man who walks in God's wisdom. Blessed is the man who has the proper perspective and trust God for provision for he shall graduate this thing it won't always be like that uh, somebody ought to thank God God it won't always be this way because you will work your character in me that I will become what you want me to be so trials come on like Paul said that I will glory in my weakness that I might experience the strength and the power of the living God hello somebody hello somebody Give God praise. And God, we bless you. We thank you for your faithfulness towards us. God, sometimes it's hard and it's just, wow. Some folk are mustering up the strength just to counted joy that your presence is there that you know what's best strengthen my brother and my sisters Lord it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot going on but you are the God who's greater than the lot <laughs> that you can heal you can deliver and so God we bless you and we thank you to move by your spirit Every saint praying, every saint praying. Here's the thing. It's impossible for you to count it joy. It's impossible for you to have access to God's wisdom. And it's impossible for you to give God true and authentic praise when you're not in relationship with the God who provides it all. But it's possible for you to begin in that relationship today. How do I get in relationship with the God who can do all this for me? Because there's a lot going on in my life. I'm miserable. I'm not happy. I'm, things are out of control. And I just feel like I'm spinning. You can be in relationship with the God of it all simply by saying, yes, God. See, Jesus paid a price. He died for you to enter into relationship with God. And today, if you will just say, yes, God. Yes, God, I accept your death on Calvary's cross for me. Yes, God. If that's you and you're tired of spinning, you're tired of, of being frustrated, and you want to 
experience forgiveness of sin and relationship with God himself. Simply type in the words, yes, yes, yes. If you're here and that's you, you say, I've been in church all of my life. But I haven't had the resurrected experience that Christ has a resurrected Savior like James had. But today I want to begin living that life in the power of God. Simply raise your hand. We're going to pray with you. Father, you know everyone who's typed in yes. And so, Lord, I just ask that. And you know those who will type in yes at a later date or raise their hands. Lord, we just ask that you might cover with your blood, God, that you might sustain, that you might bring them into relationship with those who can share the gospel and see, understand what their response to you has done and change their lives, making them brand new creations in you. And so, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. And then I want to pray for those who are, there's just a lot going on, and you're saying, Pastor, today I commit to counting it joy. To asking God for wisdom, not complaining to other folk. You see, when we spend the time complaining, it just builds up bitterness with inside of us. It takes us further away from God's plan for us. Then I want to be able to give God praise that I might receive this crown of life, that I might come through this. If that's you and you, you want to do that, I want to pray for you as well. If you're here inside, I just want you to stand right where you are. We're going to pray. If you're online, I just want you to type in the word count. 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 Just pray, Pastor, that I've been able to count in joy. Father, you see those who are standing. You know those who have typed the word count in. And so, God, I pray that you would do what you can do. Give us proper perspective. Give us the mental fortitude and the ability to see to trust you, to work out your purpose in our lives despite all the chaos that may be going around. Make yourself plain to us. May we keep our minds on you as you will keep us in perfect peace. That we might rejoice in the fact that you are working on our behalf. And God, we thank you for working on our behalf. And we'll give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're online, put your hands together. Give God praise. If you're in the house, let's give God praise. Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We thank you. Amen. For those of you who are here and online, I want to thank you for coming to worship with us this morning. Um, I look forward to seeing you again. I'll see you Monday. Um, break time with Pastor V that we have at 1 p.m. Then also on Tuesdays, it's kind of like on Tuesdays and Friday mornings at 6 a.m. We pray for you. We pray for you. We get together on Instagram. Um, it's hosted by two of our, our members most of the time, uh, Sister Rochelle and Sister Deborah, Deborah. On Instagram, you can meet us there um, on Instagram live at Zion Temple LA. At Zion Temple LA is our handle. But in the meantime, listen, send your prayer request. That's all we ask. Let us pray for you. Send your prayer request. Better, let us pray with you. Where would you send your prayer request? Send your prayer request to prayer at ztccla.com. That's ztccla.com.
www.ghostmarketingchurch.com. The only thing we ask is that you let us know when God answers your prayer. When you see that manifestation, we want to rejoice with you because we're going to pray until something happens. Amen? Amen, amen. So that's what we do on Fridays. We have Fresh Food Friday that uh, we serve fresh fruit and vegetables to the community here as well as in Compton. We're looking for a volunteer or volunteers to help us out. We really need your help. So ask the Lord if you have the time to help us. We need someone to meet us in Compton at 6 a.m. to help distribute and kind of coordinate that as well as someone to maybe drive the vegetables back here to L.A. and drop, drop them off at 6 a.m. on Fridays. Amen? Amen? Amen. I believe that God's going to supply the need. How many of you believe that God's going to supply the need? Amen? Because he's called us to do it, and he does supply it. So I encourage you, dream. Dream what? Dream big. Pray bigger and work hard. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't forget, you can partner with us by texting the word POWER to 732-56. Have a wonderful week as the band plays us out as they worship the Lord by using their gifts and talents of music. Have a great week.